The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today, we're so lucky to have returning with us for another episode, Marcy Chompy, who writes under the name of Samantha Kraft. She does so many different things, among them ultra testing, and you can see her on myspectrumsuite.com. And Marcy, welcome again to Exploring Different Brains. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to be here with you this morning and appreciate all of your efforts and everything that you're doing to create a more supportive community for those on the autism spectrum and those with neurodiverse brains. Let's jump over now to um, ultra testing. Tell us about ultra testing. Well, I love talking about ultra testing because I talk about it so much. It's really easy for me to talk about. But it was started, um, and I and I love their mission. Our mission is that neurodiversity is a competitive competitive advantage in the workplace. And it was started, founded around 2013 by two graduates from MIT. It's based out of New York. And when I first started uh, five years ago or four years ago, we had five software testers, and now we have uh, we're approaching over 40. Um, we hire individuals across the United States to work from home as software testers. So they work remotely. Um, they are not independent contractors, they're actual employees, and they have opportunities to move up in the tiers and even become managers. Uh, we practice inclusion practices and onboarding and, and interviewing screening processes. Everything's inclusive. And the interview process and screening process and part of the onboarding process was largely influenced and designed by me. So we have, I'm a neurodivergent manager, um, and I, I really admire that about Ultra. There's not a lot of companies that are embracing neurodiversity that actually have somebody who's the, the main door threshold, you know, overseeing the main threshold, who understands what it's like to be on the spectrum and be neurodivergent. Um, I could talk a lot about Ultra with you, but is there anything specifically you'd like to know? Well, um... How did Ultra come about to decide to utilize the neurodiverse workforce? One, there were, there were a couple different reasons. I'll, I'll share one with you is one of the founders, um, Rajesh, his wife works in the mental health field and she works with, or she'd worked with some people that were on the spectrum. And she actually spoke with him one day about how, you know, there's this, this lack of opportunity for those on the spectrum for for jobs and that was one of the one of the things that sparked the idea there were other reasons but for the main reason is that they both the founders saw neurodiversity or autism and autism as as a competitive advantage as far as innovative thinking and creative contributions and i mean we're we're showing that um we're succeeding you know we're in what year five, continuing to grow. We're going to have our biggest year growing testers this year. We're probably going to be hiring another 20 to 25 testers this year wow. alone. Um, we've got some big clients, big names that people would reckon, recognize. Um, and we're continuing 
to create initiatives that are very unique and not seen in other places. We started with our onboarding now, just recently to include a three-hour diversity inclusion program that I put together based on probably over 2,000 hours of research into the topic of autism and how it relates to employment. And so we start off with teaching our new testers about diversity and inclusion and what does that mean and what does that encompass and how can we all be included. And then from there, they are invited to attend a two-hour workshop on reducing stress and anxiety in the workplace. So we're really, we're really um, embracing this inclusivity and with the aspect of supporting individuals, not just not the diverse, just the diversity part, but the inclusion part. What does inclusion look like, and what can we do to make a foster a workplace that's inclusive for them? And as Jose Velasco, the global leader for SAP, uh, told me, we're on a panel together, and he said, uh, "Hacky, this is not a social welfare problem. This is not a social welfare movement. This improves our bottom line. This is a change in business." Exactly, exactly. Um, and everything we do is universal practices. So I don't believe in siloing. Here's the autistics. You need to learn about what autistics are. No, it's like here we are as human beings. Here we, here's how we are all diverse. Here are all our challenges and here are all our strengths. And we're a community. It's not about highlighting how one individual is better or less than. Um, and that's a pitfall that some companies can fall into. So we talk a lot about the difference between what is diversity and what is inclusion. And, and in many organizations, they're, they're really into the diversity part, um, the number of differences amongst the individuals, but they're not considering after the fact, once the individuals are hired, the inclusion part, which is the manner in which those individuals are respected, valued, and supported. Um, Long-term measures that are universal across the board, not three months with a job coach, and then you're on your own. We're talking about procedures, processes, handbooks, workshops. We do surveys every day. We do once a week surveys. We do yearly surveys. We have community gatherings where we voice what's working, what's not. I serve as a community manager. People can talk to me at any time about needing workplace adjustments, workplace accommodations, uh, about their anxiety, about they're afraid to approach their supervisor. How do they approach them? So we have put in that support is there, and then we continually work for ways to show how they are valued and respected as employees, and and we're not afraid to hear the truth and to solicit feedback and then make a move on that. What can we do to help you all here? What would you say to an employer who doesn't think that they can hire somebody on the spectrum because the jobs they have don't involve technology? <laughs> That's such a great question. Um, I surveyed over 180 autistics about two years ago around the world, and there were only a few that were in the tech industry. The rest were um, a lot of teachers, um, teachers' aides, people who worked with animals, authors, a lot of artists, gardeners, doctors, lawyers. We, it's like saying human beings are only good at technology when you say an autistic is only good at technology. Well, that's ridiculous. If you look around the world, we're not all in the tech field. Autistics are, are just a petal on the flower of humanity. We're just one petal. And we have all the same feelings, strengths, 
challenges in life that a lot of people have. And we have the same interests and varied minds and experiences that bring us into those interests as anybody else. So I would say that, yeah, that's the media. That's a stereotype. And hopefully that we'll be moving away from that. And if you can look at us as individuals and not as a stereotype, that's a huge first step. Gotcha. I remember uh, almost a fistfight broke out. I was giving a... Uh a workshop at FAU, Florida Atlantic University, a couple of hundred people there. And uh, I was showing um, Rising Tide Car Wash, which was started. And, you know, and everyone there is autistic and they love their work and they're doing good and it's great. And uh, a parent stood up and said, my son is too good to be washing cars. He's going to go work for Microsoft. And I... And then other people took offense and so forth. And so I quickly went to a slide of my parents' gas station in Jersey City where my mother pumped gas and my father was the mechanic. And there's a spectrum. And not everybody's this or that or the other. And who's to say someone working at a car wash isn't doing a beautiful, making a beautiful contribution to the world. I mean, some of the people that I've had the most insightful connections with are in the service industry. I mean, you can work a service job and the the attitude that you carry with you and, and the smile and just being who you are can brighten someone's day and then that has a rippling effect. I mean, service industry does great in this world. So who's to say that one is better than the other? You know, someone could be working at a car wash and working on a novel at the same time. You never know what they're doing. And maybe they want to work at a car wash so that they don't have the stress of a 50 hour a week job and they're actually enjoying life and so i would just say that's very judgmental and narrow-minded yeah. yes. <laughs> um i wanted to ask you particularly about one thing which i've found in speaking around the country and meeting different people and all whether it's the down syndrome community or the alzheimer's community or the psychology community is the great importance of socialization and strong social relationships. Would you care to comment on that from your point of view? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they've done, I'm sure you've probably come across those studies with addiction where, was it the rats who, the socialization was what helped them more than anything else, you know, in, in breaking addictions. Um, that's why when you ask me, what would you say to a newly diagnosed individual the second thing I mentioned was finding that culture, finding those people, um, having connections. Socialization helps in so many factors of just getting outside of the house can alter one's mood. You, you know, if I stay in the house too much as a remote worker and I don't get out, that affects my levels of anxiety and depression. So just going and meeting someone at a cafe or, or we have small group gatherings at my house once, once a month of women on the spectrum. And that socialization and sharing of stories and sharing of hurts, um, sharing of stories in itself is a means of socializing that can inspire and connect and people feel, can feel so much less alone. Um, there's so much healing that could be done in, in sharing stories. Um, so I don't know if that 
adequately addresses your question. I'm not really sure of the specifics you were wondering about. Well, I get, I get concerned, for instance, on remote workers as an example. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think, so what we do at Ultra to help with that aspect is we have, um, we meet online and they have, we have networking groups through Slack that have different interests like technology and reading. And I even created one, you know, what'd you do this weekend? And we have gatherings, face-to-face -face gatherings where we can interact and see each other. And actually what we're working on with this next gathering is how can we build more socialization and more engagement in the community? And so we're using those gatherings to brainstorm, you know, are we gonna, can we do a once a week video gaming on Fridays after hours? And should we have more meetings during the week with that are just, you know, because just join us and chat, bring your lunch face to face. So that's definitely an aspect that is important in the workplace, especially for remote workers, something we take very seriously. And it's hard. I mean, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday and for me and my son, sometimes the hardest part being on the spectrum is just getting outside the door, all the cognitive processing and sensory, everything that has to go on just to shower, get dressed, you know, put on my makeup, what shoes I'm going to wear. And then how, how is it going to be once I get outside that door? So what I try to do is once I get outside that door, I don't just do one thing. I try to do three or four things because I'm out there and, you know, there's a good chance I might have to rest the next day. So finding unique ways that work for you as an individual to socialize. And so for me, it's like, okay, I just got to get out that door and then I'll be okay. Um, it's, it's an essential aspect. It's very unhealthy for children or, or adults to be sitting in a, a dark room, you know, 12, 13 hours a day or dimly lit basement um, and not getting out into nature and the sunshine and other people. And we learn so much that we're, you know, we're not that different and we're not alone when we're around other people. Marcy, is there anything we have not covered that you would like to cover? Um, I'd say that, oh, well, I would did want to mention that if you would like, if there's someone you know that is neurodivergent, and, and of course, we're an equal opportunity employee employer, so anyone can apply, but particularly neurodivergence, um, we are hiring at Ultra Testing. Um, you can contact me at, there's links on my website, and then also you can contact me at Marcel, my full name, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-E at ultratesting.us. You can go to ultratesting.us and learn more information and, and message us from there. And I would also like to say that it would, for me um, personally, I hope that businesses in general can really start focusing more on what happens after diverse individuals come through the door that it's not just about autism hiring initiatives. It really, the primary focus needs to be on that inclusion, what happens after people are through the door. I've heard stories of people getting severely depressed, quitting, being fired, and even suicide more than once from autism initiatives where they're hiring them but not providing the supports they need afterward. And so my plea would be for these organizations that are really tooting their horns about these hiring initiatives to take some real attention to those inclusion efforts. And it's not just about a job coach. It's about this universal approach to 
include everyone in the workplace and acknowledge that they are valued and respected and offer those supports that they need. And we're not just numbers and we're not just a way to get to the bottom line. We're people with real experiences and many of us with coexisting conditions that need attention, such as generalized anxiety disorder and mood disorders. And that that's kind of a segue into how none of this stuff occurs in isolation. There's always comorbidities. There's always, I, you can't have one without others and so on and so forth. And it's not just neurodivergent people. I, I mean, there's new studies out of Cornell that 20, more than 24% of, I think it was 3,000 employees interviewed, stated they have a disability at work. So we're, we're talking about a quarter of the population that is now openly admitting that they have a disability in the workplace. And that doesn't count people who have had other life challenges, such as death of a loved one, or divorce, or other types of trauma, or look at chronic illness. I mean, it's rapid, rampant, um, chronic pain. So we have so many things. I mean, almost everyone I know nowadays has some type of suffering or challenge that they're carrying. It, it, it's almost part of being a human being. I mean, from my philosophy, it is part of being a human being. So let's acknowledge that and let's work together to support each other and, and focus on creating inclusion, not, not division. And let's help each other with a smile too. When we can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, Marcy, thanks so much for coming back to differentbrains.org. We love having you here. And can you tell our audience who'd like to get in touch with you, where they can learn more about you. Yes, and thank you. You can find out more about me and the autism spectrum at my website, myspectrumsuite.com. Suite is in an office space, S-U-I-T-E, myspectrumsuite.com. You can find out more about the company that I work for, Ultra Testing, at ultratesting.us. And both of those sites will provide you an email for direct contact. Marcy Chompy, thank you so much for returning again, and we hope you come back yet again to Exploring Different Brains. We're so lucky to have you as one of the champions in the neurodiversity community. Thank you so much. Well, I'm humbled and privileged to be here today, and thank you. I welcome the opportunity to speak with you again. It was an extreme pleasure, and I enjoyed hearing what's going on in your life as well and keep up the great works with different brains exploring different brains is a production of different brains inc for more information visit us at differentbrains.org